You're listening to Love Letters, episode two. My name is Jesse Wolf. In this episode, I tell the story of how Hunter and I met. Hunter and I met at the ISGP seminar in West Palm Beach, Florida in the summer of 2016. It was uh, kind of the dates of end of May, early June. Institute for the Studies in Global Prosperity is this institution that has seminars all over the world for undergraduate students, Baha'i undergraduate students to come together and learn together about how to live coherently and to translate Baha'u'llah's vision into the real world and especially using our experience as students in that academic environment how to better ourselves have conversations with our friends and so much more while these seminars are amazing and beautiful and some of the best experiences that i've had i am only really going to touch upon the more social aspects of the seminars because there's so much more to them than just the friends that you meet although that is a huge part of the experience and one of my favorite parts and one of the things i'm most grateful for for these seminars is the friends that i've made and the people i've met so i don't want to take away from everyone's understanding of what isgp is but really the isgp seminars are really amazing and great and I'm super happy and super lucky that I got to go to them. I really feel lucky that Hunter and I came to be in the same year and we were able to go to every single seminar consecutively and be in the same year every year and become better and better friends. So to set the stage for where I was in my life before the seminars, Um, or at that time, I had just finished my sophomore year of college. I lived in Birmingham, Alabama, and I had been told about the seminars, um, or heard about them mostly through my friend Tara, who had gone to two seminars already at a different location in Greenacre in Maine, and she'd had a wonderful time and she highly recommended these seminars. And I was really interested in going and participating in as many Baha'i activities and Baha'i events as I could. I didn't really have any expectations for what the seminar was or what I would experience there. And the kind of intense study was something that was surprising to me, but also I'm really glad that I kind of went into the seminars without a lot of expectation. Um, It was really a special time in general because a few months earlier, that that winter break before that summer, I had gone on pilgrimage and had a wonderful experience there. I had gone to a youth gathering in the December before and made more friends in the region. And I was just on a roll of wanting to participate in more regional gatherings, meet more Baha'is, make more friends and get involved even more than just my local community. It was a special time for me of like spiritual thirst and thirst for stories and experiences that I wanted to experience and people who have lived 
different lives and found different truths a different way than I had. And I was just supremely interested in learning as much as I could from as many people around me that I could. So while at the seminars, I was on a bit of a mission to to learn more about the people around me and to hear what experiences they had. And this goes back to something that I think is really true, which is that as people and as humanity, we have so much to learn from each other and so much to offer the world. And hearing about someone's life and hearing how they tell it, even just giving given the prompt, what's your life story, people will answer that differently. I really enjoyed hearing how people would answer that question and learning as much as I could. I was a 20-year-old who hadn't had that much life experience in a lot of ways. And people who had traveled more or people who had done more service or people who had more relationships, romantic relationships than I'd had, um, these were all kind of factors in human beings that I'd want to learn more about. Um, so throughout the seminar, I was asking my facilitators about their life story. Anyone who was married, I would ask them about their love story and how they came to be married to their spouse and always found those stories fun. And especially anyone who wasn't born and raised in the Baha'i faith, those were stories I was really interested in and how people find the faith on their own. Um, so yeah, I was off on a mission to meet people, make friends, and maybe it's just a lack of my own social ability to make friends, but that was my go-to move was to ask people what their life story was, and it allows for kind of a genuine realness and conversation of just like opening people and allowing them to become vulnerable and allowing them to trust me with their story and what they were sharing. So at the seminar, there was about maybe 13 people in our group, our year one group, and Hunter and I were among those. About a week in, we had had probably minimal interaction at that point. And I feel like Hunter was probably the last, one of the last few people who I'd had a chance to really have a conversation with or to connect with. And so he was on my radar at that point. He was also on my radar in a way that what he was sharing was... Um, so I remember while sitting in session one day, Hunter was sharing something with the group and I wasn't, I didn't really speak up that much in session to be honest, but Hunter was sharing something and one of the thoughts that I had, no, this is just a thought that I was like, man, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, and he was sharing something in a way that was seemed very um, maybe astute or something very uh, Baha'i-like. <laughs> or it seemed maybe like a very Baha'i answer or he was talking about consultation or using the processes and tools that we know as Baha'is are useful. There was something that he said that really struck me as like as if he'd had a lot of experience in Baha'i spaces. And so one of my first thoughts was like, that guy's on an LSA, isn't he? <laughs> Which turned out to be true. I later asked him while I was getting his life story, I asked him if he was on an LSA and he said yes. And I was like, I knew it, I called it. 
Another interesting thing about Hunter that I learned while I was at the seminar was that while most of us were, were in school or in college or around the age that I was, being like college age, I was 20, I learned that Hunter was 27. And first of all, this uh, did not meet my expectations because to me, he just looked younger. And so then I was like, that's interesting. I need to ask him like, how has his life led him here to the ISGP seminar? And so I think there was some opportunity or chance that I got to talk to him. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> okay, so I remember there was one break Hunter was sitting on the couch in the in the main space in the open main open space playing this like guitar looking instrument but it wasn't a guitar and it had this super long neck and it had four strings and I was like what is this weird acoustic instrument I took that opportunity to go up to him and and ask about what this instrument he was playing he was playing his his acoustic bass and I was like that's interesting so I probably asked him stuff like how long have you been playing the bass and that's when I learned that he was in a band in middle school with his brother and his friend and different interesting things and just little facts like this that make me more fascinated about someone and how they are who they are and so I asked him his life story and Boy, was I in for it because we literally spent, there were maybe two or three days left of the seminar and every break, almost every break that we got, we had to go back into the story. Or like I asked him during one of the breaks and the breaks can be are around an hour or an hour and a half. Usually I can hear like someone will be able to tell their life story within, you know, less, usually about like 30 minutes or so. Like people don't really get that, that detailed but Hunter probably made it to about like five years old or like preschool before we had to go back into session. I might be making that up, but we spent the next two or three days just hanging out and he was just telling me about his story and he was telling it in such an interesting way of like very analytical and very self-aware, but he was able to tell it in a way where I just kept wanting to hear more and I wanted to get to the end. Something that I appreciated was how much detail Hunter would go into about his life, which is something that not, not everybody would do that. And they would, they would not give me what I wanted, which was like the real, all the real details about life. And so Hunter was going into a lot of detail and like way more detail than I really wanted or asked for because it took him like two days to fully tell like all the events in his life. So for the last few days of the seminar, we ended up hanging out a lot because he never got to the end of his story and probably by the time we had to go back to the first session back after I first asked him he was probably to the age of like five and I knew he was 27 so we had like a lot of years to get through and I I wasn't gonna give up I wanted to hear like his whole life story I wanted to get to the present day and so I would always go back to him and ask him if he would 
be willing to continue the story, and he was always gracious enough to continue. And I bared with it because I was committed. <laughs> and so I really got to hear um, like a very well-detailed account of, of things that he'd experienced in his life. And I was really grateful that he was willing to do that for me. And he was probably just confused and didn't know why I kept chasing after him. And it was... It was ultimately just really fun to hear, um, like, how he would describe things and why he thinks or why he thinks he had certain experiences and what he learned from it. And I was really struck with how well he articulated things and kind of his self-awareness. And it was um, entertaining to hear about, like the different relationships that he'd had and I do like to hear about people's relationships and love stories and what they've learned how they found their spouse or what they learned being in a relationship and now out of one and going through a breakup or anything like that I think those are just some of the more literally romantic stories but also where we learn the most and we love the most and we feel the most, and they make for very good stories. And so a big part of his life story was him telling me about his different relationships through the, through the ages. And so the whole time I was wondering, I was like, so is this guy in a relationship or not? And, and it turned out that he was, which honestly is a blessing because it helped us have the right timing and I don't know what would have happened otherwise probably nothing <laughs> probably nothing I was 20 years old and he was literally this old 27 year old all right sorry anyway <laughs> and as it happens when a guy and a girl are hanging out uh it caught some attention of my friends and people started to notice and they were telling me at least uh, they were noticing, they were like, what's going on with Hunter? And I was like, nothing. I'm just trying to figure out what his life is about because I'm still in the middle of it and like we haven't gotten to the end. They started teasing me that I was hanging out with Hunter a lot and that something was going on, um, which I loved the attention for. But also, I knew that Hunter was not really an option and not um not really an option at that point and while I liked him and maybe kind of was interested in him it was nothing that I had any thoughts about pursuing and he was in a relationship um but it was fun to be teased about it because that's always fun to have the attention of your friends and to also know that maybe some feelings that you are having your friends are recognizing um, in their, through their own eyes. And so that's always fun to be seen in that way. Another one of the things that touched me about his story was hearing about how he became a Baha'i. He just really seemed to love God and to love Baha'u'llah and to have a very strong discipline for the laws and the teachings. And that was something that I could see in him and really admired. 
and I really began to admire him. And so it went. That was our friendship and that's how it started. And But really, um, I think what I love about hearing stories and learning about each other is that like these stories, I always learn something and it and it's something I carry with me then moving forward. And so everyone I met at ISGP and all the stories they told me, including hunters, was something that I carried with me after the seminar into the next part of my life because these were new close friends and they were touching and I always learned a lot about faith. I learned a lot about love of God and how to live a Baha'i life and which was something that I was really, really, really desiring for my own life. I was really grateful for that. And I think because we are all so connected as people, we carry each other within ourselves and the individual and the society are inseparable and cannot be segregated from each other. So that is the story of how Hunter and I met and how we kind of became friends. He really shared a lot of himself and of his life with me and that was something I really appreciated. By the end of it, I asked for his number just because that felt like a natural ending of like, well, we what are we can't just leave things. Like I feel like we really can bonded like we, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but at least like we're friends now. So let's make it official by being able to contact each other. And so we got each other, I got his number. And then after the seminar, I texted him and said like, it was nice meeting you and thanks for telling me about your life. And I did not mention that it was Jesse, but then he texted back and he was like, I guess this is Jesse. And I was like, yep or something like that and that was the last communication we had until the next seminar a year later in a similar i had the idea that in a similar fashion i would like to slowly and gradually reveal my life story in the same way that hunter made me wait between every session until I could hear the next part of the story. And in a similar fashion, I think I will leave, I will share bits and parts of my life story and go get through a portion of my life in every episode that I have, that I record. And I don't mean this in a vindictive way, I just think that would be pretty funny because that's what Hunter did to me and it was low key, really frustrating, <laughs> but it was also, um, really entertaining and allowed us to continue to hang out and find reasons to continue on our story telling. It's kind of full circle in a way, so that's always fun. So the beginning of my story, it really starts back in the 1970s when my parents met in Iowa of all places. They both worked for the federal government and my mom got a job in HR and my dad, I'm not exactly sure what he was doing at that point. Um, all I really know about his career is that he worked on missiles and something like that. But I know that they met at work 
They met at their job and got married, I think, in about a year. And so my parents got married in 1977, October 8th, which is a day before my birthday. And then 18 years later, I was born. Of course, I have four older siblings, so I was not their first. In fact, I was their last. So I am the baby of five children. I am the youngest of five children. I am the baby of my family. I definitely carry that youngest child complex with me. I like to think that I'm not spoiled, but who's, who's to say? That's, of course, something I would think you'd have to ask someone else. But so, yeah, I was born in Huntsville, Alabama, which is where I was, which is where I grew up and lived um, all my life until I went off to college when I was 18. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. Um, so I was born in Huntsville, Alabama, in Huntsville Hospital, October 9th, 1995, around 1.17 p.m. Hunter gave all these same details, so I feel, like, obligated to share them as well. Um, I think my mom said that her her OBGYN was an African-American man, which I think that's pretty rare and fun. I mean, 5% of doctors in general are African-American, so I appreciate that diverse entry into life, so thanks mom for that. (laughs) My mom was 42 when I was born, and my dad was nearly 50 years old, so a big part of my upbringing and experience was having um, experienced and wise parents, which was valuable and I think had a lot to do with how I was came to be who I am is that I was not their first child and they were had lots of life experience and learning that they could pass on to me in a lot of ways. I also had a lot of siblings. I had four older siblings and so I looked up to all of them and kind of got to watch them grow up as well and see kind of the things that they were getting into or found interesting and then me wanting to be like them or hang out with their friends or get into the same things they did or maybe see some of the the mistakes they would make or the way they would make my parents feel with the things they did and being able to learn from that. Another thing about growing up in Huntsville was that is that I grew up in this really loving Baha'i community where it really felt like everyone was family and So there was my family and my siblings and my older siblings especially where this grew up with and were the same age as a lot of other kids in the community and these big families. As I was growing up I was kind of I was younger than most but it was still like growing up in a really big really loving Baha'i community and this allowed me to be able to form a really strong Baha'i identity and to stay connected to the Baha'i faith as I was growing up, which is something I'm really grateful for. It obviously led me to ISGP, it led me to meeting Hunter, and all of those things. So the early years, I obviously, I don't have that, min- I don't have that much memory about the early years of my life, um, but maybe I'm underselling it. I remember going to Montessori school when I was about three, and I remember the the preschool was right next to um, my older siblings, Allison and Nathan's 
high school. So that was fun. It was like, I knew that my uh, older siblings were close. And I remember they had a playground. It was, it kind of looked like this house and there was a playground in the back. And on the fence, they had honeysuckles. And that's where I learned about honeysuckles and how you could kind of pinch the tip and pull out the, the stem thing and taste the honey. So I remember I had a friend, I, ha I had a really good friend in preschool whose name was Ryan. And we were like best friends. And I was friends with a lot of boys as a little toddler, I believe. That was something I remember. Another thing I remember was that um, something else that my mom tells me is that uh, in their teacher reports on how I was doing as a student, apparently, apparently uh, I was reported to be like the perfect Montessori student or pupil because I kind of followed the curriculum perfectly as, as how like little ones should learn and my mom could tell you more about that but apparently I was like the perfect Montessori school kid because I was learning exactly how they say, you know, little ones develop or something like that. And so we would just like play with these little blocks and do these learn letters and numbers and do these different tactile things. And um, I remember one of my favorite things to draw was like, was to use this triangle kind of stencil and draw, trace it, trace around the triangle and then turn it maybe a few degrees and then make another triangle so that I was making a star. And to really imagine what this was, I didn't know as a kid what it was, but if you just like look at it, it was really just like the Star of David. It was just a star with six points and it was just two triangles overlapping. But that's, that's a memory I have of something I liked to do as a kid. Another Montessori school memory was that I remember there was this Spanish class that they had and like there was it was like okay kids let's go in this other room and we're gonna do the Spanish class and we're gonna do have our little lesson and like a teacher would come in and we would have a little Spanish learning activity or something and I guess I didn't want to or something because I remember that I sat out or I, rem I apparently I think so I decided that I didn't want to go to the Spanish class um, I guess I didn't like it or I didn't understand it or something because I was like I'm an independent three-year-old or however old I was probably like four or five and I wanted to play in the other room and so all the kids had left and I was like the only kid and I was just like playing by myself in the big room where we're no where we normally are and then one of the teachers was kind of like what are you doing here and I said I don't want to go to the Spanish class and I think I just remember being allowed to like not go and apparently they supported that kind of um, autonomy and decision making which I just find interesting and maybe that was me having a strong will I don't know if that's a theme in my life but apparently and so life went Grew up in South Huntsville, went to Montessori school, had these older siblings, and that was my life up until I started, before I started elementary school. And to finish out the story, the friends that I, some of the friends that I'd had in preschool, in Montessori school, were also going to be starting first grade with me, Ashwin and Ryan, who were these two boys who were my friends. 
and so I was excited to see them again in first grade, and I thought we were all going to be friends, but that was probably, but I remember getting my feelings hurt because they didn't want to hang out with me, and I remember at PE, like, we all had to like run in the square around the gym or whatever first grade exercise we were doing. Ryan and Ashwin kept running away from me and I was trying to run with them and or catch up to them and they kept like kind of looking back and laughing and I was like, I felt betrayed by my friends. That was one of the sad things I had to learn that not everybody wants to be your friend or stays your friend forever and that's okay. So I'll end it there at first grade. And that's as much as my life story as you're gonna get this time. <laughs> so another story I would like to share is kind of my love for podcasts and how I got into podcasts in the first place and why it might have been a seed in Hunter's mind um, to start a podcast and that that was something that I'm interested in. I first started listening to podcasts when I was in China in the summer of 2014. It was the summer after I graduated high school and my friend Susan, who was a good friend of mine from high school, is Chinese and she goes back to China and visits with her family and she invited me to go with her mom and brother and her to live in China for the summer. And so while I was in China, the experience there was really great and it really was cool to live on the other side of the world in a different culture, with a different language, with different food. And it was a lot of fun, but it was also pretty challenging for someone who's never lived outside of her own family or outside of the U.S. before. I had, I had traveled outside of the States before, but I'd never gone without my family um, and lived with another family. And so it's hard being 18 and in this new place with a language that you don't know. And I could only talk to, I was only able to speak with my friend Susan and her mom and brother. and. So in times when we weren't out or traveling or going to the Great Wall or something, there were times when I found comfort in turning to a podcast that I found. And it reminded me of home and the English-speaking world. And so I would put on that podcast and it would make me feel kind of less stressed out about being in a in a foreign place and so one the podcast is still one of my favorites but that's when i found the podcast you made it weird with pete holmes which is hosted by um comedian pete holmes who interviews a lot of different people mostly comedians and pete holmes i really enjoyed his podcast because he talked about all the same kinds of things that I was, the same things that I'm interested in, like the deeper meaning of life. And he was just really good at interviewing people and getting them to talk about their own stories and to find what's interesting in them and what they have to share. And so that's when I got really interested in podcasts was because Pete Holmes would ask people about their life 
whether it was comedy, whether it was spirituality, whether it was some other religious belief, he would talk about people's religious backgrounds and beliefs in God and what they believed in. He would also ask people about their relationships and how they found meaning in their relationships and love and learnings about love. And he would also just ask people about their life and it was something that I really enjoyed listening to. And then later the idea, much later, when I was struggling through what was supposed to be my last semester senior year of college and I was dreaming of anything but school um, because I was having a pretty hard time that semester and that's when I kind of first had the dream of like man I wish that I had time to start a podcast that's when I first had the idea that I could make my own podcast and that would be something that I'd be interested in And the idea kind of started about how I really love to hear about people's life stories and interview them. And why not make a podcast out of that or something with that idea, maybe. And then that kind of also just evolved to like, you know, I'll take anything, anything to create, anything to make something, anything to talk about the deeper things in life and to find meaning and touch feelings and something along that vein. And that's something I really enjoy. I really like that idea and I can't believe that it's happening. Like I am recording this and this is becoming a thing that I make and put into the world and that's kind of crazy. That also turns into the story of how I was surprised with this podcast by Hunter. So my understanding is that it's kind of a birthday surprise because Hunter sent this link to me on my birthday and he said, hey, happy birthday. And uh, he made a rap for me, which was also very fun. And I thought that was kind of it. But then he also was like, hey, by the way, there's this podcast I'd like you to check out. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he forgot to send the link. And so I was like, there's no link. And so then he sent me the link and then I clicked on the link and it kind of didn't send me anywhere. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll look into this later, maybe later, not right now. Like he suggested this podcast, but like, you know, I'm not gonna go searching for it right now. And so it just kind of was put on the back burner of this recommendation. And like a week later, he was like, hey, did you ever listen to that podcast I sent you? And I was like, no, sorry, I haven't been making it a priority. And he was like, it's okay, I'll keep, I'll keep reminding you. And so then he kept reminding me and I was like, oh yeah, I need to go back to that link and figure it out and listen to the podcast. And eventually I had like a day off and day off of work and I was just getting my life back together when, when I finally went, when I finally tried to figure out this, <laughs> figure out the link, he helped me figure it out and I like, he was like, oh, you have to do this. You have to open up iTunes this certain way, put the link in and then Um, and then the podcast was available and then it was I was like love letters and then I didn't suspect that that it was this more homemade thing and it was actually him until I maybe low-key once I started investigating it that day I was like there's no way and then it literally the first word because I love him so much. <laughs> hey, this is Hunter. And I was like, no, I'm such a bad friend. Because it took me literally two weeks to like 
look up this podcast and it was literally this gift for my birthday and it was so sweet and I was crying through most of it because I thought it was really special to have and to really understand why I loved this gift so much I wanted to share about how I've been wanting to have a podcast and how I love hearing stories and another nuance might be to know that I loved this gift and really found it precious because I love Hunter and the love that we share is very precious and the idea and concept of having love letters in this form is very sweet and it was just really really special to have that as my as my birthday surprise or gift because I really appreciate it and really was so touched by it and love it so much because I love him so much. I really want to explore love and understand more what is love because as Hunter in the first episode he referenced that that this is a creation of love and that we are all creations of love and if this is a love letter if this is a creation of of love if I am a creation of love How can I manifest that love? What is my understanding of love? And I feel like I don't really know. I don't really know anything. But ever since Hunter and I have been getting to know each other and continuing to see each other and further explore the possibilities of marriage together, I have advanced in my understanding of love so much and I've learned so much about love from him and I'm really grateful. And so that's why I think that this is so special. And I really think that Hunter is very special and I wanted to share what our beginning was because I was just able to bear witness to his beauty and his special heart and his special soul and the more i get to know him the more i want to learn about love the more i want to grow closer to god and understand more why we why we were created and why we are and what it is to be human and to be human beings who love one another and love others more than ourselves and how we can give each other that love and show each other that love So that brings me to something that I'd like to share that is related to our understanding of love and goes back to tying things, tying the Baha'i writings into maybe some of the material that we might share in these podcasts and in these letters, these letters of love to one another. The more I am recording this, and doing this, the the less confident I feel in wanting to share this with others, but at the same time, like, 
love is open to everyone and I try to be open to everyone and that's one of the things that I appreciate most about mine and Hunter's relationship is that it is not exclusive but it's inclusive. It's open and it's in the light and but I'm just a human being trying to live a life that is in alignment with God's teachings and part of that is getting to know who my partner in life may be and sharing acts of love and service with them and so here I am in a fort speaking to hunter caps I'm also really happy because I'm realizing that I am terrible at telling stories and storytelling is a wonderful skill and ability. It's literally how oral history got passed down through generations and it's a big part of human history and what it is to be human is sharing stories through whatever form. Um, I have experience telling stories through dance but not even very good at that one either. So. Um, being able to practice telling stories and to speak is also something that I'm going to be grateful for and find and practice and find value in. Thank you so much for listening. This is Jessie ending her first episode. Bye, Hunter. Much love.